Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning, and we're very glad you're here. I would like to extend a special welcome to those of you who are visiting with us this morning. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there is a spark of the divine in every human being. It is in the spirit of that heritage that I ask you to greet the holy in our midst by turning to the person to your right and left and welcoming them here this morning. And now please let us say together the words by which we light our chalice. In the light of truth and the warmth of love, we gather to seek, to find, and to share. The reading, uh, the call to worship this morning is from How to Build a Community from Syracuse Cultural Workers. Turn off your TV. Leave your house. Know your neighbors. Look up when you're walking. Greet people. Sit on the stoop. Plant flowers. Use your library. Play together. Buy from local merchants. Share what you have. Help a lost dog. Take children to the park. Garden together. Support neighborhood schools. Fix it even if you didn't break it. Have potlucks and parties in the park. Honor elders. Pick up litter. Read stories aloud. Dance in the street. Talk to the mail carrier. Listen to the birds. Put up a swing. Help carry something heavy. Barter for your goods. Start a tradition. Ask a question. Hire young people for odd jobs. Organize a block party. Bake extra and share. Ask for help when you need it. Open your shades. Sing together, share your skills, take back the night, turn up the music, turn down the music. (laughs) Listen before you react to anger, mediate a conflict, seek to understand, learn from new and uncomfortable angels, know that no one is silent, though many are not heard. Work to change this. People ask, what holds your congregation together when you have people who call themselves Unitarian Universalists who have their roots in Buddhism, Judaism, Christianity, humanism, earth-based traditions, Hinduism, and yet you all call yourselves Unitarian Universalists? How does that work? And I say, well, one of the things that holds us together is our mission And we say it every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. And now please enter into a spirit of meditation and prayer with me, where we breathe into that part of our heart where we are who we are. Let us breathe until we find a place of stillness, a place of listening to God as we understand God, 
or listening to our inner wisdom, or just breathing. In all of these ways, we breathe life into the spark of the divine that lives inside us. It is in this place where we can open our hearts to those who are ill, those who are suffering because of war or natural disaster, those who are afraid, those who are struggling with mental demons, with the demons of addiction, those who are worried for their children, those who are worried for their elderly parents. We open our hearts to them and hold them in the holy light and sacred darkness. We breathe and stay still until we are rooted and sturdy and can weather all the chances and changes of life. People prepare for hard times in all different ways. They save money. They say you should have as much money saved as would take care of three months of your bills. Like, who can do that? And they say you should have bottled water in case there's a tornado. During the previous administration, we had recommendations to have, what was it, plastic and duct tape in case uh, we were attacked by terrorists. A lot of people feel like they have to have um, guns to be prepared for when Armageddon comes and folks are trying to get their bottled water that they saved up and those other folks didn't save up their bottled water, so they're going to protect themselves. Um, How do you prepare for hard times? What do you do? Well... Texas has been in a drought many times during the past millennia. When the rain dries up and the wind blows hard and everything is brittle and easily broken, you count on your well being good and deep. Same thing in your life, really. You have to dig a well before the drought comes. You have to prepare for the hard times before they get here because when you're feeling dried up and like it hasn't rained on your spirit in a long time, when you're feeling the wind just blow through you, or when the rain comes and washes everything you have away, that's not the time when you're going to have energy to dig a good well or prepare the sandbags or be ready. So we prepare for hard times by building a community. I think that's one way we get through 
all the chances and changes of life. The poet Byron says, Till taught by pain, we really know not what good water is worth. We've been taught by pain this week. In our congregation, we lost a beautiful 26-year-old member of our church, Jenny Malin. And one of the things that Jenny had done very well in her life was she had a lot of friends. She had a lot of very good friends. In fact, she was like a multi-gajillionaire in the friend department. This, there were this many people at her memorial service who were all 26 years old almost and who were her friends. And they were helping each other get through the loss of her. And some of her friends who weren't 26 years old were from her chalice circle here. And they had grown to love her in the chalice circles here. One of the things that the sermon is about is the Chalice Circle program, building community through making relationships during the ordinary times of your life so that when the extraordinary times come, you'll have someone to celebrate with, someone to mourn with. We need connections with other people And you can make some connections just by seeing people on a Sunday morning, but that's not really deep enough. You spend an hour or two with people once a week on Sunday morning. um, That's not enough for most of us. And so one of the opportunities that First Unitarian Universalist offers in its striving to be a hospitable community is the Chalice Circle group where you can come together and have conversations that are on a deeper level than they can be on a Sunday morning usually. You can come together and learn about each other's lives, learn about the lives of uh, between four and 12 other people who are in your chalice circle. That's the size they are. And you can talk about big questions. There's a topic for every meeting, and there are big questions that are asked after the topic. Questions like this. What is an example of grace in your life? When have you experienced a heartfelt truth and how did it change you? What about your daily work do you find nourishing? What is the meaning of life? Why do we need religion? Why is there evil? How do we know what we know? How can we face death? Why do we suffer? What does it mean to be human? Those sound like pretty good conversation starters to me. The lessons or the topics all have a structure. So probably y'all won't like that. But um, (laughs) they have a structure. Because Unitarian Universalists, and I am one to my bones, we have oppositional defiant disorder. (laughs) Which is in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. I don't know if you know this. And so when there are rules, we tend to find our way around them or spend a good bit of 
energy doing that. Or questioning, questioning authority, like our bumper stickers say. But they have a good bit of structure in order to create a situation of fairness and sustainability. The formality gives us a way of structuring our interactions so that all of us, the quiet ones as well as the verbally quick ones, may be heard and made to feel part of the whole. You know how it is when you're a shy person or when you're a person who likes to uh, think about what you're going to say before it comes out of your mouth. I really wouldn't know what that's like, but (laughs) many others are like that. And so if there's no structure, then the people who like to hear what they think by seeing what comes out of their mouths are the ones who take over the discussion. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I think I just got an amen. (laughs) So that is why these group discussions are structured, so that the introverts and the extroverts can all have their time. Usually there's an opening reading, and I'll just read you one of the opening readings. This one's from the topic of listening. It's a poem by Raymond Bonn. I like to talk with you. I like the way I feel when you're listening as if we were exploring something in ourselves, the plunge into a silence, and how you come up with words I tried to find, the otherness about us which makes conversation possible. When I talk with you, the give turns into take and borrow into lend. Now and then a phrase from you will kindle like a shooting star, The mornings in you rouse me from a sleep. I like the babble and the banter when I greet you at the door. When the room is filled with guests, your quiet look as if there were a secret between us of which nobody knows. After the opening reading, I'm telling you how it goes because many people don't like to sign up for something before they know how it goes. Um... After the opening reading, everybody briefly checks in. Now, uh, check-in is a Unitarian Universalist tradition. And in some groups, the check-in is unstructured and can go on, you know, for the whole meeting. And so by the time everybody's checked in, it's time to go home. But the check-in is also structured. You'll say, let's have three words about where you are right now in your heart. Or tell what your inner weather is right now. There'll be a structured kind of check-in. And then there is often, this is one of the ways it can go, there's often a bowl passed around with strips of paper on which are written brief readings. And everyone picks readings out of the bowl and reads the readings from the common bowl is what it's called. And so the readings are quotations about your topic, the the topic of the covenant group, the Chalice Circle uh, meeting. Then there are questions that the person who has introduced the topic has figured out about the readings. Here are three questions about the readings or about the topic. And you can pick one or two or three, and then you can share what you want to share about any of the questions. And the thing about the sharing time is this. This is the structure of it. As you share, there's no crosstalk. 
Nobody's going to interrupt you. And here's how we listen in America. You say something and I say, oh, yeah, that reminds me of the time. Well, that happened to me too. Um, You can hardly have uh, an interaction of more than one or two uh, passes back and forth without your, and you're telling something about yourself without the other person starting to talk about their life. Just see if I'm wrong. Just start paying attention to this. It will be very rare that you will say something and someone else will just listen or even ask you another question about what you just said, not talking about their life. So this sharing time is a very important training in listening where people share and then what you say after they share is thank you. It's very tempting to say, oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, I felt that too. Yeah. It's very tempting to start giving advice. What you should do is, but what's great about chalice circles is that they are advice-free zones. I noticed, as being a therapist for 15 years, that people do not want advice. Even when they were coming to me and paying lots of money to talk to me for an hour, even when they asked, what do you think I should do? They did not want to know. It took me many years to figure that out. These are advice-free zones. And so then, after everyone has finished talking, then you have a time of discussion where you can say, well, that reminded me of something else, or let me piggyback on what you said with this, etc. This is discussion time. The other part of the chalice circles is that you make a covenant of how you would like to be with one another. You just make a covenant. Here's how I want to promise to be in this group. Basically similar to the covenant of healthy relations that we have as a congregation. Some covenant groups just want to have the basics like we're going to be here on time. We're not going to yell and we're not going to call names. That's pretty minimal. All chalice circles promise to do some kind of service in the church or for the church. One chalice circle steam cleaned all the pillows that you're sitting on right now. And that was lovely. One covenant group, um, I'm calling it a covenant group because that's what they call themselves. They painted the ladies' uh, restroom by the offices. Others clean up after an event, etc. You can find your own things to do. There's a facilitator who helps everybody hold a covenant in mind and helps people kind of stay on track. They direct traffic. They are trained to help the quiet people talk and to help the verbal people be quiet. So it's a way of getting to know a few people that you might never have gotten to know otherwise. In the Unitarian Universalist tradition, we believe in ongoing revelation. And what that means is that the revelation of what the divine is like, what the earth is like, what human nature is, etc., is not finished. It's not in one book. It keeps going. We keep having things, truth, revealed to us. And one of the places that we get scripture is from the stories of one another's lives. Each of your lives is a holy scripture. 
that speaks of who God is, who the earth is, who you are, who you are with other people. You are a holy book. And you share your holy book with the other people in your chalice circle. The truth is still coming in. We believe that it is in small group conversation that we practice the central ritual of our faith. The sacred act of being in right relationship with one another. Where we tell our stories, we talk about ideas, we accomplish service for others. That power of community is the central authority of our faith. Our experience, our community, that is where we locate the authority that teaches us and that reveals truth to us. So think about it. Do you have enough friends saved up against the hard times? Do you have support and love and listening ears for other people who are going through hard times? Do you want to be part of transforming someone's life? Do you want to be part of nourishing someone's soul? Chalice Circle is a good place to do it. Although you probably won't like it. (laughs) But just in case you think you might not hate it too much, there's a sign-up table in the gallery if you want to be part of a chalice circle. I hope you don't mind me using reverse psychology on you in such a blatant way. (laughs) It always works on me. But please use that knowledge only for good. (laughs) Now let us say the words by which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. The lone wild bird in lofty flight is still with thee, nor leaves thy sight. And I am thine, I rest in thee. Great Spirit, come and rest in me. Go in peace. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.